0: You're listening to Japanese Baptist Church in Seattle, Washington. Good morning, JBC. I'm Pastor Jason Ashimoto from Evergreen Baptist Church of Los Angeles from down in Southern California, and I'm so happy to be with you this morning. I send you warm greetings on behalf of our community here. Our two congregations share some wonderful connections. We are, of course, both a part of the National Group of American Baptist Churches in the USA, And we are both historically Japanese-American congregations with a rich history in our anchoring cities. Lastly, we share a former senior pastor. The Reverend Paul Nagano led both of our congregations during his long life of ministry, at different times, of course. His legacy has influenced and shaped both of our present ministries. Actually, Pastor Sam and I met at Reverend Nagano's memorial service and are now part of a colloquium group of Asian American pastors that has been meeting for the last couple of years. I think all of this really makes us sister churches, and I'm thrilled that I can share the message with you this morning from our church here in Los Angeles. One of the characteristics of this pandemic is that we're all sharing the same experience of being forced to quarantine our lives inside and at home. Whether we're in Seattle, Los Angeles, or across the globe, our experiences are relatively similar. We're now in February, about a month away from when most of the country went into lockdown. And as we approach that one year mark, I recognize that we've all been through a lot this past year. And it's been really tough. All the sickness and death from COVID, the political unrest, the racial injustice in our nation, and just all the side effects of this season, how it affected our jobs, our relationships, our mental health, to name just a few things. I was looking over a sermon series that our church went through last year, more toward the start of the pandemic in the spring. It was a series that focused on grief, and we used the book of Job as a framework for our time. But as I was was looking back on this series, I just realized how much has changed since then. The things I said back in the spring of 2020, well, I'm not sure if I would say those same things now. Because back then, I just had no idea what we were in for. I thought, I'm sure along with all of you, that the worst case scenario was that this pandemic and quarantine that we were going into would last into the summer and maybe even the fall of 2020. Worst case scenario. But now, now I'm thinking best case scenario, this lasts until this coming fall. And the current worst case scenario, well, I don't even wanna think about that anymore. The loss and grieving that I was experiencing last spring, it's changed too. It's matured since then it's aged and developed back then i was sad that life had paused but now i'm sad that life has changed i've been thinking about these things for a little while now and this morning what i want to do is share some thoughts that i had and i want to take you into job but specifically there's this one verse in job that has been sort of provocative for me this past week as I've been reflecting. And my prayer is that it can be a provocative blessing for you too this week. Now, in the book of Job, we find a story about a man that the scriptures refer to as blameless and upright, who feared God and shunned evil. He has a large family, tons of wealth, and a really sizable workforce. The text describes Job as the greatest man among all the people of the East. That's high praise. I think of that old Dos Equis commercial, the the most interesting man in the world. I mean, God himself even says in the text that there is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Apparently, even God thinks He's an ideal human being. So Job sort of, he has everything. And then one one day, everything changes. The adversary, Satan, is empowered to strike all of Job's blessings in order to test his reaction to this tremendous loss that he's experiencing. The adversary predicts that Job's attitude toward God will change if his good fortune changes. And in a matter of what seems like only a couple of weeks, Job's whole world changes. He loses everything, his livestock, his workforce. He even falls ill to some sort of virus. Sound familiar to our world? What Job endured was bad. I mean, his livestock didn't get lost and his workforce didn't just quit. His animals were stolen. His servants were killed, and fire from heaven came down and burned up his sheep and shepherds. His ten children were having a family dinner, and a windstorm caused the house to collapse on all of them. And the infection that Job caught produced painful sores all over his body. Objectively, that's a really bad week. And after all this, As Job sits in ashes, scraping his sores with a broken piece of pottery, his wife comes up to him and says, after all that's happened, why maintain this attitude? Why don't you just curse God? Now, this is a totally understandable thought, considering the fact that aside from the infection, his wife has just lost all of her children and livelihood too. But then Job says this, And this is what I've been reflecting on recently. He says, Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? It's really hard to accept trouble, isn't it? Last spring, we had no idea what kind of trouble we were in for. And over the past year as our trouble continued to worsen and as we've been processing that trouble the question that job asks i think for all of us takes on deeper meaning and i actually like the way he doesn't directly answer the question the text sort of leaves the question hanging there as if to hold it unresolved the story kind of implies that we should accept trouble right but it lets us figure that out on our own and doesn't give a fast, explicit response or quick answer because that's where the tension we feel is, right? It feels like we should accept good and trouble, but sometimes it's just really hard to do that. And by just giving us the question without the answer, Job sort of respects that. The text respects that some of life's tragedies are too difficult to just blindly take, at least at the time, at least at the present moment. Which is why I also appreciate what happens next in this story. Job's friends come to him. And it says this in chapter 2, starting at verse 11. It says, When Job's three friends, Eliphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shuhite, and Zophar, The Naamathite, sorry, heard about all the troubles that had come upon him. They set out from their homes and met together by agreement to go and sympathize with him and comfort him. When they saw him from a distance, they could hardly recognize him. They began to weep aloud and they tore their robes and sprinkled dust on their heads. Then they sat on the ground with him for seven days and seven nights. No one said a word to him because they saw how great his suffering was. Now what's happening in this part of the story is that Job is in mourning. He's grieving his loss, and his three friends have come to participate in the Jewish ritual of sitting shiva. Now the act of shiva is interesting. The person who's grieving sits low to the ground on low chairs or maybe on the floor itself like Job, and friends and family come to join them. This act symbolizes the feeling of being down and low, following great loss. At times, at least for the men, they would refrain from shaving, and they would stay sequestered in their home, because they realized if they focused on their loss, they were likely to heal. And if they left, the distractions of the world are likely to cause them to lose that focus. It's funny, right? They shelter in place, and they don't shave. Isn't that what we've all been doing for the past year? In an ironic way, we've all been grieving in this way. And what I appreciate about this is that the text just gives time for Job to feel loss and to acknowledge that sometimes it's hard to just move through tragedy. And it's really difficult to understand how God can be a part of tragedy, right? Especially in the moment. And as I read this, I'm also reminded of the story of Cleopas and his friend on the road to Emmaus. Now, some of you are familiar with this story, too. After the resurrection of Jesus, two disciples are traveling toward the village of Emmaus from Jerusalem. They're in mourning and talking about Jesus' death and resurrection as they walk along. Jesus then comes up alongside them and walks with them but his identity is kept hidden from them sort of mystically. Now, when Jesus asks them on the road what they're talking about, their faces are downcast and they tell the story of who Jesus was to them and his journey to the cross. After the seven mile journey, they come to the village of Emmaus and they invite this disguised traveler to stay with them for the night. And as they gather around the table, Jesus breaks bread, and these disciples immediately recognize him. But just as they do, Jesus disappears. And all of a sudden, they start connecting the dots. These disciples are like, Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They kind of had an inkling that this traveler was more than who he pretended to be. Now, I love this story because even though there is a mysterious element to it, it so wonderfully illustrates how hindsight is twenty twenty. In the moment, their grief was all they could focus on, and Jesus respects that journey. He lets them sit in their trouble, or literally, he lets them walk in their trouble. And it's not until the whole journey is over that these two are able to look back and see and say, you know what, God was actually with us the whole time. It's like it takes time for faith to catch up to our grieving. Or maybe it's the other way around. Maybe it takes time for our grieving to catch up to our faith. You see, it's the space, the the time, the grieving in Shiva, the, the year in quarantine, that space that allows us to journey through the trouble so that we can look back and see with clearer eyes. Some years back, my wife and I were at a birthday party for a friend and we met this pastor of this party from Turkey near the ancient city of Ephesus. He was in the US because it had gotten too dangerous for him to continue living in Turkey. He was a Christian convert from Islam and his faith in Jesus was making him very unpopular where he lived among some violent extremists. He was receiving some death threats and even had some attempts on his life and that of his family members. And so he moved to the U.S. But as he was telling us the story of how dangerous life was for him in Ephesus, I remember he sighed and he said, I was so close to God back then. He was almost sad as he realized that even though he was living in a place where he and his family were safe now, he was missing something. Now, he definitely was not expressing a desire to go back and put his family in harm's way. And you know, he was not insinuating that God delighted in the mortal danger of his family. But living in peril caused him to be desperate for God. He didn't have that here in the relative safety of America. This pastor didn't want to go back to the actual danger of the situation to to get that, but... I think when he was in Turkey and people were trying to kill him, I don't think he was having that experience feeling like, well, now I'm living my best life in mortal danger. But, but what he wanted was what God produced in his faith from that experience, which I think is what Job is picking up on in his question. There are important things that God does in us in both good times and in difficulty. And when I was talking with this guy, I was struck by the reflective way he remembered this. As if it was only now, looking back on the situation after a couple years had passed, that he realized the fuller extent of God's presence before. Moving farther along in his journey allowed him to appreciate what God was doing in that season full of challenges. I think that's why we may feel different now compared to last March. We may be more aware of how our lives have shifted or changed because of all that has happened in 2020 and in the beginning of 2021. But perhaps there's also a different sense of God's work in our lives too. For myself, I know my mindset has shifted from thinking that maybe God could just get us through the pandemic relatively unscathed, which actually would would be sort of like accepting good from God, right? Like a major pandemic has happened, but we emerge after a few months or maybe a a few weeks, and our lives and lifestyle were relatively unscathed and fully protected. Nothing really changed and nobody got hurt. But that is all behind us. That didn't happen. And now my mindset is different. You see, the trouble has come. We can all acknowledge that. It has affected us. It has had consequences and unfortunately casualties. And God has not fully protected our lives. Our lives, he hasn't fully protected our lives from all the effects of last year. And my hope now is that God just gets us through. And his protection looks more like holding back the full brunt of the trouble and preserving maybe just a healthy remnant of our lives so that we can rebuild after. Does that make sense? Because I think that's part of the journey of grief and trouble. Pain and loss are part of the experience. God doesn't, doesn't take that away. He doesn't shield us from it. Even at the end of Job, when he has endured with faithfulness, and God restores his fortunes by twice as much, and he's given a new family, we realize his old family still gone and he's still grieving all that he lost and the text tells us that loved ones come to his house to comfort and console him over all the trouble the Lord had brought on him but there's a sense that Job has been able to discover God's blessing in that trouble I don't know what the last year has been like for you but I'm guessing it wasn't fun in my prayer for you this morning is that you be encouraged to remain on this sometimes bumpy journey of faith and that like job in hindsight you might be able to see god's blessing for you in both good and in trouble god bless you jbc